Welcome to Season 2 of Your Daily Chocolate, where you'll continue to get funny stories, clean jokes, and interviews with inspiring people. You made this podcast one of the top 25% most shared podcasts globally and top 25% most followed. Nice to know that good news is appreciated, and Patty's committed to delivering the antidote to all that negativity. Like chocolate, this podcast is meant to make you feel good, and it's good for you. Enjoy. Welcome back to your Daily Chocolate. My guest today is Rick Delarada. He's considered by many to be one of the finest singer-pianists performing today. And he's one of only a handful of jazz artists who can make a successful musical presentation to a large audience without having to abandon the true art form of jazz. After 9-11, he created the Jazz for Peace World Tour. You'll hear a little bit about that. His effort was to spread peace worldwide. And because of that, in addition to being known as a great jazz artist, he's now also considered to be an innovator and a visionary. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Rick, welcome to your Daily Chocolate. So happy to have you here today. Thank you so much, Patty. So delighted to be here. Yeah, so going back in time a little bit, 9-11. That mm. had a real impact on you. Tell me why. Well, oddly enough, it was the most bizarre thing I'd ever been subjected to that all of us, no one had ever experienced anything like that. And from such a level of adversity came such a tremendous opportunity. It really just launched me because of what had happened and because I saw it from less than a quarter of a mile away on the roof of my building down on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And because I had such an incredible like bird's eye view of the entire thing, I had a powerful reaction, which was just a bunch of words that came out of me. And I just scribbled them down as they were coming out. And so at the end of the day, I had nothing to show for the events of 9-11 except a poem, which I titled Jazz for Peace. And it was also occurred to me at that moment that if there was ever a time to walk the walk, on this planet and try to live up to the words that I just wrote on the piece of paper, now would be the time. I I always run into people who are like, well, as soon as, as soon as I retire, I'm going to, as soon as this, then you find out now, as soon as I get my second vacation home, and then you realize they're behind the eight ball and they're really just looking for excuses to not actually do what they always wanted. Because maybe it's so terrifying to them at that point late in the game where I was like, I've got too many signs here. I mean, I've got the, this, I've got all of my life that I lived up to for learning what I know, which is that the art form of jazz and music in general, the arts and culture in general have this incredible ability to cut through barriers and boundaries of language and creed and race and every kind of thing that divides us, unite us, affect us in a profoundly positive way. I already knew all that from all the things I'd done as a musician. And now, this event happens that the whole world is shook. And now I have a poem. So let me try for at least a couple of days to live up to these words. And did you have an audience already for that? Or did you say, I'm going to write this and mainly for myself, for my own healing? I didn't even have a choice in the matter. The words came out. It's almost like a woman whose water breaks, a pregnant <laughs> woman. She has no options. She has no choice. There's no decision. 
So it was no decision on me. I just had words. It was just an emotion. It was a reaction. It was yeah. a reaction to the events that happened. It was really no thought about it. There was no choice about it. And oddly enough for me, some of the things that I'm probably the most well-known for are things that I really had no choice in the matter. So who knows, for people who believe in a higher being, I could become a poster boy because another crazy thing that happened to me in addition to that poem was only a few weeks later um, after I recited the poem for 8,500 people at a, a jazz festival that I just happened to be the headliner at, calls were coming in for my next concert. And they were asking, they wanted to interview me about the poem I spread. And is that going to be music at this upcoming concert? Are you going to put that to music? All that kind of stuff. And I just happened to say off the top of my head again, just talking to the guy, uh, hey, honestly, if we would just embrace as a species, if we all embraced our greatest qualities, humanity and intellectuality and creativity and all these things, we would have a better chance at avoiding the behavior that leads to destruction. And it's just something I said, just common sense. I wouldn't have remembered I said it, except that it came out in the article. And then I still wouldn't have remembered because I don't memorize the article. But yes. then it got lifted and I'm by these famous quotes websites. And all of a sudden, my name was associated with a famous quote. So now people could Google you know, my name, Rick Delarada, famous quote. And there comes, there pops up that. Oh again, my gosh. I, yeah, again, something I had no, like your question, I, there wasn't something I decided, even decided to say. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, you never know when something you say or do is going to have this ripple effect. And that's something that I think I need to, I have remind myself up. I have to remind myself up, but I think all of us should remind ourselves of that because do you ever look at someone and say, Jesus, this guy's got so much going for him. Why is he so down in the dumps or why is yeah. he so, so depressed and this, that and the other? And a lot of it is your perspective, the way you're looking at things, because you can look at things, that glass empty half full thing is really, you can, you can look, you could have, you could be sitting in front of a yacht in the south of Nice, in the south of France, <laughs> and if you're looking at the world with a glass empty look. You're going to be You're miserable. Most, yeah. yeah. And I've had to remind myself time and time, almost on a daily basis, because I have, there's things I have to do in life that I felt like I had to do. And I'm so thankful that I did them. And I could, I wasn't around for this or that, or I couldn't fit that many things in the day, or I couldn't do this or that because of my priorities. And then I have to ask, but geez, I would have loved to have been, gee, I would have loved to have been there. Uh, Matt had been in and this is been in this photo opportunity in Harlem and what, but then I have to ask myself, would I have traded that which I had to do? And the answer is always no. So then right. I'm like, what right do I have to be complaining or even down in the dumps? But right. nevertheless, it'll probably tomorrow I'll have to remind myself the same thing again. Yeah. Yeah. That's human nature. It is. Yeah. It really is. So you did a concert for the UN, which yeah. I don't think many artists can claim that they did that. And but you brought together musicians from all around the world, from Palestine, Israel, U.S. I mean, first of all, how did that come about? And then 
well, yeah, let's talk well, about- it was a natural, it was a, it was just a natural next step. If you're giving common sense a chance, which we often don't do. I mean, we really live in a world <laughs> literally devoid of common sense. I mean, I think I'm going to be talking to someone in a few days. Not, I don't think it's going to be recorded, just a chat where I'm literally going to have to tell him because he's a business leader and I'm going to literally have to say, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me, shoot the messenger again. But I really hoping he doesn't, he, he listens. I'm able to tell him, listen, I see you guys talking about solving problems all the time. And you're extremely intelligent people. Yeah. You're extremely competent people. But, you know, I'm going to be sitting here with a bag of popcorn just watching you until you come to the realization that we need to include the arts and culture if we want to solve these problems. You see problems that have been going on ad infinitum. And you know what? All these intelligent people trying to solve them, and yet they only get worse. And how could they? Well, you're not including the same, you're not including the arts and culture in your solution. You're yeah. not even giving it a forum. You're not even calling someone, even if you don't call me, you probably should call after this point. But even if you call somebody, you're not even calling someone else. You're not yeah. even calling someone who could incompetently represent the arts and culture. You're just not including it at all. And until you do, we're all going to be sitting here because you can't really do that. And I was likening it to the the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan took a couple of years off to play baseball. And the Bulls did okay without him, led by Scottie Pippen. They met one pretty deep into the playoffs and all that. But that's not the same because they still had five guys on the team. You know what I mean? Right. right. When you go up against these problems and you leave the arts and culture out, you're playing with, you're go, it's like five on four. You're going with one less player on the team. You're handicapping yourself. And that's the yeah. kind of thing we do, which brings me back to the natural progression. So I was giving common sense a chance, at least trying to. And so here I was, I had a poem. Next thing to do, I'm going to recite the poem. I'm in front of 8,500 people. Edgar Allan Poe would be churning in his graves to recite a poem in front of that yeah. many people, right? And I'm not even a poet. So I got this poem. I'm going to recite it. That's the common sense thing to do. Then one of those people put it in my head. Are you going to put that? To, well, that was the common sense to put it to music and perform it. Now the common sense thing to do is for me, do some jazz for peace concerts. Again, living up to the words of the poem and to tell my manager, hey, in your free time, could you do this for me? Could you just call over the United Nations and tell them who I am, the things I've done, and that I would like to do a concert uniting Israeli, Palestinian, and American jazz musicians, and then rounding it out with other mother. And just a common sense thing to do because I could do it. And I had been telling people at dinner parties or whatever, hey, I don't know, this is really problems. This is crazy and it's been going on. And I said, it's so crazy because I was in a, I was at a jam session at somebody's house the other day and there was a Israeli and Palestine musicians right flying right on the bandstand. And they get along just fine. And people were like, wow, you should really do something about that. You should maybe. Yeah. So again, it was so somehow she got through this and that channel. I don't know. She might have been diverted to their own office in Scottsdale, Arizona. Who knows? <laughs> they agreed to do it. And how so, long did it take you to pull it all together? It was a number of months before yeah. I was she was briefing me on some things that I had coming up. And it was kind of a conversation like, yeah, well, you have this gig in Paris. And then from there, you're going to get on the Europe and then you're going to go to Milan. And then from there, you have something in Luxembourg. Oh, oh and by the way, that United Nations thing, they want to do that. I was kind of in the middle of a conversation like that. And I was like, I don't think you understand the significance. But nobody <laughs> really did. You buried I mean, the I'm lead. the only one who yeah. really understood the significance as I was talking to you offline. It's usually when I feel like 
when I feel like people are looking at me like maybe I'm a little crazy, I might be onto something. So I thought it was significant. <laughs> and then we did the event. And to be honest with you, I mean, I we sent out press releases, but, you know, the main people who were at the event were people who were already at the United Nations. That's my take of it. They were already there for anyway. You know what I mean? Okay. And a guy did tell me, he said, he said, it's so tragic, Rick, but, you know, I think what you're doing is fantastic. But if a bomb had blown up over in that little bleacher section and someone died, you'd get all the publicity you ever wanted. And we were just yeah. looking at, isn't that sad? But what are you going to do? A lot of the problems that you had almost mentioned in your last sentence, when you said humans, human beings, humans, it's not so much humans, but human nature. Yeah. Just some... We're always trying to overcome these flaws that we have. And again, the arts and culture, I think, gives us a better fighting chance when you include us. Well, you've mentioned that a couple of times, and I think you'll, I'm sure you'll agree, as they make budget cuts in schools, the first thing to go is arts. And I Makes think sense. we're now seeing the effect of that as you're talking to business leaders, because they're not getting the arts and music in school anymore. That's right. an extracurricular and, activity. Right. So that's when you get that far removed, then they don't even know, then they forget that it's even an option. They don't even right. know themselves because they, they don't even, they're not even fighting for it in their schools. And I hate to say yeah. it, but I, would I call that an oxymoron, but without any oxy. Yeah. <laughs> Take me a second. I like that though. <laughs> better she go along. <laughs> All right. Tell me about the performance that you did in Pakistan where Bo Bergdahl was actually held captive for five years. I mean, why did you do that? Well, one reason I did it is because I, we are who we say we are. I never thought I'd have to, I never thought I would have to prove it on such a magnitude, but what are you going to do? We were, people contact Jasper Peace and we will not drop you or let you down or tell you I'm really too sorry. We will never say anything like, I'm sorry, that's just too dangerous or it's, we were, that will never come from us. We'll just go along with you. We have a, what we do is we can, we, we combine the arts and culture on a world-class level. At least we, that's what we're doing. We're trying to do world-class arts and culture with a funding method, which we call the empowerment tree. And this funding method enables us to help anyone, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how old, no matter how new. So in other words, we're not in that catch-22 where, gee, we can't help you because nobody knows who you are. Well, nobody knows who you are because you're underpublicized and you need help, therefore. Or we can't yeah, help because you're cycle. too small. Yeah, it's all these catch-22s that are involved with just about everything. We're breaking those catch-22s because with this fundraising model, the empowerment treat. Anybody can follow the three, the easy ABC steps for approval and obtain a world-class cultural event at no cost to them. Plus, and this plus is so important, the advocacy, the staffing, the expertise, and the guidance from Jazz for Peace team to make that event a success. So that's why for years people thought we were too good to be true because they'd see these testimonials that are so glowing from our testimonials page, which by the way, that jazzforpeace.org is our website, but we've got so much archived stuff. So we have another 
website, jazzforpeace.wordpress.com. And then forward slash about is the actual page where people can see our empowerment tree quotes from people that they know, famous people, whether it's well-known celebrities, politicians, or people that who they know, you would know the name of. And then come the testimonials, which is just hundreds and hundreds of them. People would look at the testimonial. They still don't believe it. They're like, it sounds now it sounds too good. Right. Good enough. You know what I mean? You go, how do we go from not good enough to too good? Wait a minute. What about this part in the middle where we're good enough? I'll just skip over that. A lot of people complain. I gave $10, but only 10 cents of it went to the kids because right. they have an overhand and they have to pay this guy and they have to pay that guy and pay that guy. That. We're providing what we're providing a lot is that's valuable is arts and culture. Arts and culture doesn't take me a boatload of money to provide. And I'm going to be providing it right on this podcast. Yeah. It's your talent. But, yeah. Right. So we are able to raise more funds for an outstanding cause than the amount of money it costs us to do it. So when you give a dollar to Jazz for Peace, you're actually giving more than a dollar to the outstanding causes because we raise more than the amount to put it on. So when you give a dollar to Jazz for Peace, more than a dollar is going to the outstanding causes. Right. So it's a crazy thing that people just die. Can, how can that be true? Yeah. Well, I, it's, well, I can't. Nothing I can do about that. That's just a fact. And that's because we're able to provide so much. And you have to realize something. Funding, a lot of people think, but in their mind, all these people think, okay, funding means you throw money at it. And if you threw $20,000, then you help them more than if you threw $10,000 at them. And I say, absolutely not. You might not have helped them at all. In fact, you may have enslaved them more by giving them more money without anything else. We don't believe in that. We are interested in, number one, We want to rejuvenate and reward and thank their supporters. So when I say these easy ABC steps that the Pakistan organization did, putting me in a position where I had to go and be who I say I am in the middle of Pakistan, (laughs) you know, what they did was they sent us, they, they evaluated our program and however they wanted to. And they sent us a little comment. Hey, we've been looking at what you guys do and we just think it's fantastic. And we believe it could make a difference for us. Something like that could be anything in your own words. That yeah. comment is a little seedling. Always think a tree because we are in a mm-hmm. tree. And it's mm-hmm. exactly like a tree. That's how simple it is. So that's a seedling. Now what we want to do, we want to get their their board members, their team, their friends, their family, their supporters, also as enthusiastic as maybe this founder and executive director are. You know what I mean? Right. But we've got that. Now we want to grow that into roots. So we put it in a document. However you grow it into roots is great. But what we try to do, let's say you don't even know how to, you don't know how to do that, which is fine. We will put it in a document, send it to you and it's like in a template. You can send it back and forth so we get it perfect. Now when they're, now they said, hey, you know what? This shows that what you guys want to do to help us, it shows what we already think of you. And it gives them links for them to make up their own mind themselves. Look at yeah. the information. Look at what Jazz has done. Watch this video, that video. And you guys decide. Now those people are giving their names and comments. Those are roots. So now yeah. we've gone from seedling to roots. Now, if you look at the roots of a tree, you'll see it's got these little roots, but then it expands bigger. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So now what we do is, some of those enthusiastic people, we say, listen, you can see on this page what VIPs get. So VIPs, they're wondering, how does Jazzerbees pay for all the VIPs? Well, I'll, let me just tell you, we get sponsors and the sponsors, 
will give their goods and services to the VIPs. They're not going to give it to the general public, right? But they'll give it to the VIPs mainly because those sponsors and don't you don't tell them and I won't tell them. Those sponsors in their eyes are the top, going to their favorite customers in the future. Sure. They might not be, but there are VIPs. We're not going to, but in the sponsors' eyes, hey, sure, for our business. So they provide these things, and now these people that are VIPs are practically getting paid to attend this. Yeah. And some of them feel guilty and tell me, hey, I want to help these guys. You're not even letting me. You're giving me out of your school. I'm getting food. I'm getting drinks. I'm getting gifts, gift bag. What's this gift bag? They're like, what are you doing here? I said, listen, you want to write them a check? You write them a check. This is what we provide because yeah. we want to, we want to thank you for your service. We want to reward you and we want to rejuvenate you. So that's the first thing that we do is thank we want to rejuvenate the people you already have because a lot of them are on life support. They're tired. They're exhausted. They get the phone call. Oh my God, it's them again. They need more help. I didn't I help them two months ago. Right. We rejuvenate them and then we broaden their donor base. You see what I mean? And yeah. so that's, just look at that right there. Someone who just, oh, we're going to make this. No, look, that's funding that you yeah. can't put a dollar sign on. It's funding, but it's extremely important. From there, we're getting the other branches of the tree. So now these people did that they couldn't do it. We were back and forth with them. I didn't think they'd ever get through these steps that they have to get through. But I get they well, there were some little sponsors that started coming on even before. And usually we confirm the event and then get the sponsors. But people started word started getting out that Pakistan's interest. There's this Pakistan jazz for peace thing. And there, there were little, I think, little sponsors like kind of taking a look at it, even though the event wasn't confirmed. One guy calls me on the phone. And he's from the state of Washington. And he says, listen, I my passion is literacy. And he said, did you know, because this other guy told me that you want, did you know that Pakistan is the most illiterate country in the world? I didn't uh -huh. know. I said, no. no. He said, well, I do what I'm telling you. My passion is literacy. And I have looked at this, your program and this whole thing. And I've never talked to this guy in my life. He said, I have concluded that the best bang for my buck to advance literacy on planet Earth is to sponsor this concert, Jazz for Peace in Pakistan. Because, and he told me why, which he's right, because you're going to get international, you're going to get local, regional, and international publicity and awareness for this organization and yeah. the problems with literacy. You're going to get, you're going to fund them on all these different levels yeah. that are achievable, blah, blah, blah. So when he did that, because they were like, when I'm like, hey, what can I do? We have to follow these rules. We can't make an exception for anybody. But if you confirm it, hey, I got to do what I got to be who I say I am. He put us over the top. And now I'm like, I'm going to Pakistan and I'm just going to have to trust the universe on this one. Wow. And I showed up there in the middle of the night. I had never seen a country like that, even though I'd been to Nepal. I had Nepal clothing on. They told me wear those clothes. Oh, blend you in we don't want you to stand out we don't want anyone thinking oh there's a western person none of that right because there were problems there and they were we couldn't even have the event uh, they want to have it at a church we couldn't have it at a church because there's there was a there, there were bombings at churches but there were also bomb threats and there was all kinds of crazy oh, stuff gosh. can't be at a church so we had to have it at the, the they had the, this place is secure this hotel and they had to have it at the hotel they had to get all kinds of proclamations signed by the city of lahore and it wasn't until I got back that I was skiing and I'm getting off a tramway and it was a guy from the Salt Lake City newsman 
And he said, and I, he's a good skier. <laughs> I know he's a good skier. He's picking I, you up as you're falling off the lift. Yeah. <laughs> well, we. Had, it's funny because I had gone on a, a storm. I chased a storm with a bunch of other ski bums. And we ended up at Jackson Hole one year, oh. the year before. And he was with it. He was on the trip with us somehow. And that's how I even know him. He's like, hey, Rick, did you just go to Pakistan? Well, did you not hear this podcast? I had never even listened to podcasts. That's the first time I listened to a podcast. Yeah. There's this podcast. We got to hear it. Bold verb doll, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa. And then I looked at the region and it was literally like, it was a couple hours drive. Yeah. From where I was. Oh, but my God. now... People are looking at them like, wait a minute, you went in all by yourself with nothing but your talent. <laughs> and now some of the podcast people are like military people. They're, they're ex-Marines, whatever, that, that have their own podcast and they, they've had me on. They're like ten, in the tens of millions, maybe billion, hundreds of millions of dollars to do what you did. You know what I mean? To yeah. do that by force. Well, sometimes ignorance is the best. You don't know what you're well, going that, into, and you've got that, good intentions. Yeah, well, in that, yeah. I had plenty to be concerned about without yeah. that on top of it. But believe me, I mean, when I looked up to go there, there was this notice from the government, do not go. The first thing they told me when I said I want to go there was don't. Right. So I, there wasn't a choice in the matter. I, this was, I figured, I mean, like I said, some of the things I've been doing, they were part of a mission that whatever was going to happen to me was going to happen because I had the poem. Now I had the, it was a logical next step. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, other places, Rwanda, Africa, all kinds of places I've been that no one's ever been that I know of. So I've been in a situation where I saw music that I saw music that was being used to sell alcohol. I saw sure. music that was being used to entertain people, pure entertainment, pure this, four different functions. But jazz, on the other hand, the art form of jazz, if you look at the full scope of it, you'll find every kind of human emotion in it. And I'll demonstrate that for you now. Yeah, yeah with this thing, it's called Free J.A. And I think I told you the story, which does relate to Haiti, because when I got to Haiti, I saw the sign, Welcome Jazz for Peace, J-A-S-S. And I was amazed. I called my friend when I got back who had a Bourbon Street. He had a band called Bourbon Street Jazz Band. I went to school with him. Okay. And he was, he's one of these almost historian type of guys who has a, he focuses on the very first type of jazz that ever was, that ever came from New Orleans. Okay. okay. The earliest form of New Orleans jazz. And he spelled it with two S's. And it was the only time I ever saw it. And I called him up. I said, you're not going to believe it. I said, I used to see you spell that name, New Orleans. And I never asked you why you called it Bourbon Street Jazz Band, J-S-S. He said, no, Rick, that's the deal. That's the, you, you found out the hard way, but you know. Is that Cajun? Well, or, or it was, Creole yeah, or? it was, he used to play. It's funny. He used to perform here in New York City at a club called Cajun. And, and he had an issue, had to go to Rochester. And they called me to come and fill in his shoes. Of course, he was, he knows more about New Orleans music, but, but I would go there again as a functioning musician. You follow me? Cause yeah. I can play any style. I went there and I played only Cajun New Orleans jazz for three hours in that club. Cause it was oh Cajun, Cajun food and we played only Cajun jazz. But see, with jazz for peace, we're not limited to just one style of jazz weekend. And so the art form of jazz, it has a, pro it has the ability to affect people in profoundly positive ways, as we have shown historically on our website with the example of a guy named Charles Black, 
who was a kind of a racist by default only because he grew up in a middle Western town that during the time when they had all those signs, no colored people here and there, oh, yeah. they wouldn't love. And then he ended up a dance hall where he was fixated on a trumpet player that he decided was a genius. And after leaving there, it turned out he had seen Louis Armstrong, oh. Louis Armstrong just had a trumpet player on that gig. But he, after leaving that, now he was stuck because he's like, I decided this person's a genius. So this is my thought. I'm going to stick my stick in the ground. He was a young man wanting to have his own thoughts. But now I have a problem because how could a genius not be able to vote? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. And how, yeah. why genius this? Now he's looking at all these discriminatory things. And so he achieved a lot in his life and he attributed it to jazz. So this is going to be like a little song because today, I don't know when this will air, but just so you know, today is the Juneteenth, as the Juneteenth celebration. So it's really a Sunday, even though it's a Monday. Last night was like a Saturday because nobody had to get up and go to work because today was a holiday. Right? Yeah. It was like Saturday <laughs> last night. So we didn't really get a Sunday. Today feels like a Sunday. So I'm going to start with a little jazz standard, just a little bit of it called a Sunday kind of love. This gives people like a familiarity. Then I'm going to go into something that I don't know what's going to happen. It's called Free JA because I'm going to make it up on the spot. I don't know what's going to, what human emotions are going to come out. But okay. anyway, I'm hoping that I've lured you in enough that you'll stick with listening. You won't go over your head too quickly once I get into that. All right.
I think you need to name that that free JA part your daily chocolate from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) It kind of is in a sense. It felt like the beginning part. It was like, man, that's how I feel when I eat chocolate every day. Oh, wow. It was great. That's what I kind of, I kind of want to sweeten the listener up because as you can see through, by through this, even though it's a short piece, you can hear that jazz is going, using a lot of things. There's creativity involved. There's intellectual, intellectuality involved. There's emotion involved. A lot of emotion. Qualities. Yep. So you can see it's not just, it's quite encompassing in terms of, and then all of these qualities I believe are needed to bring common ground to our species because everywhere I've been, I have met the most wonderful people in Pakistan yeah, and the most wonderful people. And again, it's not so much, it's not so much the, the color of your skin or the, the location of where you live. It's not so much, it's the individual. So you meet, you, you can meet the best of the best and the worst of the worst anywhere. It could be right down the street here that I can meet the best or the worst. Right. And it's the same thing with all of these countries. So I think we need to bring our best people together, no matter where they're from and no matter where they are, no matter what country they're from, we need to unite all of the great people and pull all the other ones into us because they all could use some guidance and assistance through these qualities, embracing these qualities themselves. Yeah. To find common ground. Yep. I think that's it. Perfect way to to kind of end our conversation. And I'll be sure to put links to Jazz for Peace in the show notes for sure so that people can find out more about it. But before I let you go, I always like to end with some rapid fire questions. So, okay. Yeah. What's the favorite venue that you've played? My favorite venue, I mean, on the one hand, I could say it was the stage of the Savannah Jazz Festival where I recited the Jazz for Peace poem that kind of started it all. But in general, um, I like I, I like a stage where I feel the magic of the people. So one story I told of was when I was helping a indigenous Indian community in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And it wasn't much of a stage, I'll tell you that, but the magic was incredible. So, you know, what I like to have that magic. And then if you can give me a decent piano and a beautiful hall and all that, I'll take it. All right. And what venue do you still want to play? 
a venue I still want to play would probably be, I would like to bring jazz because I myself have played many of the world's most famous jazz clubs, concert halls. I would like to play there as jazz for peace, not just as Rick Delarada, the jazz artist. So, ah, okay. Like so you want to go back to the classics? I'd like to go back to some of those places I played at and maybe some that I might not even have played at, but now with not only my music, but my message, yeah. bring us all together and help give a helpful step forward to these problems we're having in the world. Love it. Is there an accolade you've received that means the most to you? I know you've been given many awards. Yeah. Well, one that I talked about in, in uh, one that I talk about in, in interviews and stuff, because it was such a learning experience for me, I went to all the way to Los Angeles to help a very tiny organization. But example, for example, but that like they had completed those three easy steps. They were the tiniest organization. They had, I don't think they had any funds at all. They had never had a fundraiser. And yet they were able to complete the same steps as the Red Cross and Habitat for yeah. Humanity and all the famous ones. They were able to do it because that's what I love about our funding model. Well, I went all the way over there. I did the best I could for them. I put a great band together with these great musicians out in LA. They used to play with Freddie Hubbard and this, that, and the other. And we did everything we could. And I got all the way by. I even brought a, I brought a musical instrument on the carry-on to donate to the kids' school. It was wow. an organization that was addressing bullying in the schools. And it was started by the mother because her son had been bullied and had PTSD and all that. And she didn't, there was no support group, so she started it. Yeah. Well, I got back and I thought I, I did all I could, but I don't know if it was enough. I don't, there was so, so I don't know if I got him enough spot. I don't know if I did not. And then I was doubting myself. And then an email pops in from her and I'm like, oh boy, I know this is going to be, this is going to be, well, thank you for a tr- nice try. Thanks right. for the, <laughs> thank you for that effort. That's what I was thinking. So we thank her. Instead, it wasn't about the concert. It wasn't about the sponsors. It wasn't about the publicity. It was about her son. So this is the greatest compliment I ever got because she told me that what I did transformed her son who had been wow. bullied. Wow. Which I would have never thought of. One I'm person. Right. Because I'm a stupid grown-up like all of us stupid grown-ups. We're thinking, oh, if we only get this and that and the other, that'll... no, how about the kid who got yeah. bullied? That's by far the best thing you could do. So having a profoundly positive impact on that child, he just couldn't believe that somebody like me would fly all the way down. So he's yeah. she's had her his outlook on is transformed. I mean, he's probably he could be better off than he was before he was bullied for all I the way she was describing it. So yeah. I don't know. So anyway, that was probably that was a learning experience for me. I love it. All right. And because this is called your daily chocolate, what's your favorite chocolate? Oh, boy, I had a sponsor once and, and uh, he flew all the way from Belgium to Kenya. And he came with these little things because what he has is you're going to like this story, actually. <laughs> he was he's a chocolatier of fine, the top chocolate in the world this guy makes. And he well, he lost like a half a million dollars on one giant budget because of the water, because of the water. So he needed his, he needs a, a special type of a water purifier to make his chocolate. So he had to instill the, somebody from the armed forces, the military to help <laughs> them get this thing together. And then he goes to Benin 
to get something that is also in the chocolate. I forgot what it is that he makes that's in the chocolate. I'm sorry. It'll come to me now after this podcast. I didn't know you were going to ask this question. And he, he would go with Benin and, and I think he'd make the chocolate a Benin, something like that. And because he needs a certain, there's something that he needs, one of the ingredients. And he has this amazing, this amazing water purifier. And then he came and made these bottles to commemorate, I believe it was the 10th anniversary of our United Nations concerts with these water bottles. Congratulations of this amazing water filter. So anyway, I'm going to have to say Belgium chocolate because he gave me some samples and it was just off the chart. He's making the best stuff. And his company's called Life Filter, his philanthropic organization. Okay. That, and wants to provide people with these kinds of things so that they can literally dig a hole in the ground and get water. Yeah. And if water's polluted, they can use this little filter. Filter. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to check that out. Well, Rick, thank you so much for spending some time with me. This has really been educational and fun. And I wish you all the best with not only Jazz for Peace, but Free JA. Well, thank you so much. And by the way, you go on YouTube and you put, I think, Jazz for Peace Kenya Life Filter or even Jazz for Peace Life Filter, you'll get a video of describing what I just told the story. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you so we'll much. We'll do that. Thanks, Rick. As with so many of my guests, it just amazes me what one person can do. I hope you'll check out jazzforpeace.org. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to come back next week. We're going to have a little fun. I've got a fellow who actually is a host of game shows for a living. Did you even know that that was a thing? And if you enjoyed this, send it to somebody else. Share it. Give us a review. Feel free to support it. We'll continue bringing you great content. Until next week, enjoy. Enjoy.